Welcome back to Stay in Your Lane. Today's episode, we're talking about the future of cold storage. To understand the future, we definitely have to understand where we are and how we got there and what's needed for the future. Got two really sharp guys on here today. Nick Pacitti, David Sterling, Sterling Solutions. Gentlemen, thank you. Welcome back again. Definitely want to want to pick your brain because we left off last talking about um, a lot of different things, uh, multiples that have snowballed and have caused all kinds of problems for the for the cold storage industry. So we're seeing it on the on the trucking side. You're seeing the impacts on the cold storage side. And where are we going to go from here? And where are we at? So Nick, go ahead and fire off here and tell me what you're thinking. And then I want to I want to talk to Dave. Sure. Thanks again, John. Good to be back. Uh, as we uh, discussed previously, uh, we talked about smaller facilities. Uh, keep in mind, when we talk about smaller facilities, we're not talking about uh, less pallet possession type of facilities. We're talking, quite frankly, more pallet possessions because the racking systems are so advanced uh, in terms of uh, we're, we're, we're developing a facility you know, up in the uh, New England area, uh, 105,000 square feet. And it's got over 21,000 pallet possessions, high density pallet uh, type of racking systems, highly efficient. Uh, and and when you when you're talking about property on a port site, it's very expensive, and you you really need to to make sure your construction cost per pallet possession is as low as possible. But at the same time, you you want to make sure you can accommodate customers with quick turns and long term storage and just a just a wide array of, of, of things. So with that, I'd like to segue into technology. And, and David will talk a little bit about the impact on inventory and the impact on transportation. But so these, these, these smaller facilities really pack a wallop uh, in terms of uh, throughput, in terms of capacity, much more, much more efficient than these larger, uh, 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 less uh, height uh, tanker facilities. Um, what we're finding, though, is now now we're, we're being asked for a lot of uh, requirements. Okay, now I'm going to be sending you, David indicated previously, you know, a manufacturer, it, 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 it's uh, no value for them to store their product. It's no, no value to them to quick freeze their product because it, it's basically a bottleneck in their facilities. They can't be efficient, can't be productive. They want to push that out and, 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 and do that much more efficiently, push it out to, to a company, uh, a, a third party party warehouse operator, PRW, public refrigerator warehouse operator, that can do these things much more efficiently. So what we're saying, not only with the new uh, refrigeration systems and mechanical systems that can be much more flexible, much more sustainable, much more environmentally friendly, we're saying now uh, quick freeze, the blast freezing system. Some people say blast freezing is, is you know, a thing in the past. Uh, what we're seeing now, we're seeing full pallet uh, quick freeze, not blast freeze, but quick freeze where they can basically freeze a pallet uh, sometimes three times faster than passive freezing, meaning bringing in a pallet at, you know, 70 degrees ambient temperature, putting it in a zero degree environment, and, you, you know, you, you hope for it freezes within a week. Here, you, it can freeze within, you know, within a day sometimes, depending on the product. And we're seeing a lot of that quick freeze in, in pallet quick freeze. We're seeing the need to, to slack out product much quicker, what we call quick temper. And of course, as the, the, the work we do you know, throughout the country with various parts that are importing 
product uh, sensitive, temperature sensitive product, then sometimes needs to be quick chilled because just uh, variations in shipping uh, to basically prolong shelf life or optimize shelf life. So we're seeing a lot of changes in technology that are much more efficient than, than even five years ago. Uh, so we're, we're seeing a lot of changes there. We're seeing a lot of uh, throughput requirements, meaning uh, a lot of our customers are coming to us to say, hey guys, I don't really need storage. Storage is a very little value to me. We turn on products so quickly. We need a, a facility that has very tight temperature controls so we can cross dock it and keep it within our chain of custody cold chain custody, and put it onto a truck, then we can be assured that truck can also transport product within our specified temperature requirements. And, and John, we're seeing a lot of these truckers get real sophisticated with obviously uh, time temperature tracking, obviously oh, yeah. location tracking. And we're doing we're, it. Yeah, okay, so we're, we're even working with you know companies that are saying, uh, I need something a little more specific than just looking at temperature ranges, high, low, average. So we're working with temperature monitoring companies that we, where we can program and mean kinetic uh, temperature uh, type of readings. And I won't get into the details of that, but suffice it to say, that mean kinetic temperature, MKT, uh, basically shows the uh, temperature of a product uh, cumulatively over a matter of a day, two days, three days. And that one number says that that product's been protected at a mean kinetic temperature of 32 degrees, which tells us automatically that product is well within the uh, quality limits or quality controls. You know, one thing I've learned in the food industry, man, if you're not efficient and you can't manage risk, you're, you're not going to be in business for, for long. And, no. And I remember years and years and years ago when I was at Nestle, uh, and I had the privilege of being in a meeting with a gentleman. He was a managing director of, of Nestle Global, a gentleman by the name of Helmut Mocker. And, and I remember it was a small meeting and Helmut said, hey, guys, I want to ask you something. And ladies, what business is Nestle in? And everybody said, oh, we're in the nutrition business. We're in the uh, feeling good business. He said, no, you're wrong. We're, we're in the business of managing risk. And he was so right because, you know, like I said in my previous uh, session, you know, eating food may be risky business, but not eating is lethal. Yeah, we, big companies know how to manage the risk. They know how to manage the quality. The food safety issues, and believe me, I've been involved in a lot of foodborne uh, illness outbreaks, and, it, and it's, it's ugly. So, so managing risk is big, and I'll tell you, probably the weakest point in the supply chain or the cold chain is the trucking side of it, because that's where you can, for some companies, that's where you can lose visibility. And when a truck gets to a, 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 a receiver, uh, you know, they take a temperature, sometimes test up the inside of the truck. The door's been open for 10, 15, oh, 20. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you've, gun, you've been there. Gun right? the outside of the cellophane on a cardboard box. Exactly. Uh, not a probe. Right. Not, you it, know. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We we got to refuse this. Uh, sometimes they're saying refuse it because they they got plenty of product in inventory. They right. don't really own. Sometimes I don't. I don't want to say they don't know what they have in inventory, but you, you know they they're sometimes just anticipating what their demand is, and you know they track demand on a daily basis. And you know, God forbid if there's a spike or a, a dip. Uh, it can really throw things out of whack. So <laughs> as we go into recession here, um, here's the, here's always been what I was what I was told and what I've seen. In in recession times, people drink more alcohol. It's recession proof because yep. you're yep. out of work. Yeah. Do they eat more? Frozen foods. Yep. They mm -hmm. eat more mm -hmm. because they're they're home and they have more time on their hands to sit and eat. 
And they're not going out to eat. And they're not going out to eat. So the grocery store's winning big time right now. The grocery retailers are are doing it. The restaurant business is not recovered. In addition to that, you know, one of the carryovers from the COVID restrictions, people learned to cook at home. You know, they didn't know how to cook. (laughs) I think some people did. A lot of people began to like discover that again. You know, and so there's we're still seeing that happening. We're still seeing that that's been that's an impact that's impacting us. And so that's another element that we did not have necessarily with the previous recession. So, you know, that, that's true. So we're we're seeing that that demand will, for these type of products will not slow down. I mean, I think we're going right. to continue to see that demand. And, you know, another factor that we, we did not discuss earlier in, in, in the last time we talked was just the, the general uh, trend that we're seeing of nearshoring or onshoring uh, of the manufacturing of products. So that's being brought uh, closer. I know just in general warehousing, I think Mexico at the end of uh, 22 had a 1.4% vacancy rate in their warehouse uh, sector. So you're seeing a lot of that kind of being moved in here, creating more and more of a factor you know, to what kind of add to a little bit to what Nick said, you know, one of the things, and I know you guys encounter this every single day, is delayed detention at facilities. You know, that, I mean, you just can't. A lot of cold storages. Uh, They're not efficient getting the trucks in and out. They're not, and the capacity issues exacerbate the situation. Right. Well, everybody wants to run a warehouse at 96% efficiency, and that's great until one truck gets held up and he's not there. And then a snowball happens mm-hmm. because every the loads are pre-staged, they're in a rack, and then, you know, so that door's now ineffective and you've lost all your efficiency. So I've watched shippers try and be too efficient from a warehouse perspective. And, you know, and then when the economy is difficult and trucks are readily available, that can work. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. capacity is tight and you're loading when you can load and who you can load, when they're available, that model is out the window. Now you don't have enough tow motors. You don't have enough forklift operators. You know, by the time you try to uh, lease the equipment, if it's out there, oh, no, yeah, you're done. You know, yeah. You've yeah. missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, and so you know, you, you see all of this. You see all this. And you know, you know, where is it going? Where is it going with the recession? You know, we we still see um, development for. Uh, coach storage facilities going on out there. So the 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 problem with a coach storage facility is like why why don't we just have more? It's just the the cost. The cost of the facility is more than twice the cost of a dry facility. And it's only going up. Yeah. It is just it's the, the amount of construction cost uh, added to added to the uh the total cost. I think in two thousand yeah but just the capital cost I mean they're I saw one study that said it was more than 20, 2024, the projections of 2024, and then I think 2019 was something like 28% difference or something like that mm-hmm. in capital costs. Easy, easy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're seeing this this continue be a, a factor. And so some of this just doesn't, even with the demand, it doesn't pencil because, you know, you've got to charge the customer very high cost to recover that. And right. so... Um, we are see, still seeing some spec facilities being built, 
but they're like, they're, I'll qualify that and call it a spec. It's not like a spec facility that they don't have a clue about who's going to be in that yeah. facility. They have a pretty good idea who's mm -hmm. going to be in that facility when mm -hmm. it's going up. And most of those facilities that are, are many of them anyway, they're spec facilities. Some of them are even uh, flipped before uh, at groundbreaking or certainly by the time they're finished. Um, one of the other factors that has continued to, to add to this, you know, what, what does everybody really want out of their products uh, that are that are temperature controlled, frozen, refrigerated? They want shelf life. They want to maintain that shelf life. They want to make sure that that shelf life is optimized to the greatest extent possible for the greatest quality. So, so the sell through is proper. And so I think Nick mentioned probably the, the biggest risk is in the transportation, especially for a multi-stop type, you know, DSD, multi-stop type deliveries. You know, uh, we're continuing, we continue to see that work with our clients on that. What happens as that product is moved through the system? There's a lot of little variances, everything from uh, blockages in the, you know, on, on the floor of that air coming back. Uh, from pallet chips and things like that, from from the uh, we we even had one case where the uh, it, it, it was basically a floating um, threshold. A float, what, what am I looking for, Nick? Floating uh, bulkhead. I'm sorry, floating bulkhead, where the uh, temperature was was basically being being ricocheted off of that floating bulkhead, and they were getting that temperature read, and the and the actual Compressor would then shut down. So, you know, you see all little kinds of factors that you got to work through. Torn shoots. Yeah. All it's just, types of things. It's, it really, and it's, and again, it is especially the case on, on multi stop type deliveries. Say, hey, David, I appreciate that knowledge. Uh, Going to have to invite you back on for another, uh, another uh, episode, and uh, we'll get together, schedule that. Nick, enjoyed it very much, sir. Appreciate it. Sterling Solutions, everyone. Give them a shout if you want to know anything about cold storage. All right? Great. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, John.